Good morning, and welcome to the History Boys. You don't, how do you know it's morning? I'm just, I just thought that was colourful. <laughs> <sighs> Good day, and welcome to the History Boys. You are joined, as ever, by me, Jonathan, with my close personal friend, Chris. Say hi, Chris. I, hello, I like that you refer to me as your close personal friend. I would uh, say, that, in a way, you're my best man, is what I would say. Uh, I did a really bad job of being your best man, but I felt really honoured that I was your backup, uh, and, and it fills me with pride every day. Um, so we are here today for the second part of our 2018 review episode, now, uh, last time we talked a lot about unreported plane crashes, political unrest, Trump, Brexit, North Korea. So it's going to be a laugh a minute, um, several hour long review of the second half of the year, Chris. Are you looking forward to it? Uh, I am. Let's just get going. So, John, we're back. It's two podcasts in a single year. This is some kind of record. Unprecedented, I would say. I am feeling good about it. Um, obviously, this is uh, 2018. This is our review of 2018 part two. It's not really a review, is it? But uh, It's more us wondering why the media don't report plane crashes. But I, I was listening to that back. There were a lot of plane crashes. <laughs> like, it, 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 no, it's, it's not funny at all. <laughs> I don't know why you laughed at it. But it made me really, really like conscious of the fact that, you know, I'm going to probably have to fly this year. And now I'm a little bit like, man, there's one every month. I didn't realise the odds were that high. It's such a such a weird thing to come out of us doing a news review, but it's true. It's yeah, we're going to look at um, the biggest stories in the second half of twenty eighteen. So um, last time we got up to June, uh, and the last bit of news we were talking about, which was really interesting, was the uh, Saudi Arabia uh, women driving ban was lifted. So let's go straight into July. Okay, so July the fifth, Lithuania becomes the thirty sixth member of the OECD. Jonathan. What is the OECD? Well, Chris, I'm really glad you asked me because the OECD is the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development. It's it sounds a, like you're reading. Are you reading <laughs> that? Yeah, I am, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. <laughs> the 2018 North American heat wave takes place, killing 33 people in the Canadian province of Quebec. Um, that's also July the 5th. July the 6th, former Aum Shinrikyo leader Om, Shoko Om. Asahara uh, and six other main members of Om Shinrikyo, who led the 1995 Tokyo subway sarin attack, are executed by hanging. Uh, U.S. tariffs on uh, $34 billion worth of Chinese goods come into effect, as President Trump suggests the final total could reach $550 billion. China accuses the U.S. of starting the largest trade war in economic history and announces immediate retaliatory tariffs. Uh, July the 9th. Eritrea and Ethiopia officially declare an end to their 20-year conflict. Uh, uh, again, th this is a little thing for me. This shows how little I know of the world. Uh, I was unaware that there was a 20-year conflict going on between Eritrea and Ethiopia. The only thing I know about those countries is that they both do dope food. I mean, yeah, Brixton Market you've got. I was very surprised to see an Eritrean food stall. I didn't know there was a market for it. Brixton Market, nonetheless. There is also uh, a really good Ethiopian uh, stall on Camden Market, but uh, every time I've been there, I'm like, I can I just have the veggie veggie stuff? Yeah, and, don't they have like a lot of goat? Yeah, lots of meat, and I just want vegetables. And the woman there is just like, 
Are you sure? Are you sure you don't want this is beef? And I'm like, yeah, not that lentils. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, but this is really good. And I'm like, no, 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 I, I'll go elsewhere. And uh, <laughs> but it's really good. I highly recommend it. Uh, I'm sure that that uh, is sounds very silly what I'm doing, but it's re- it's really really good. Anyway, sorry my, to interrupt. My old French teacher used to tell me that when she's in France, she's a vegetarian, and um, and you should go to a restaurant, and she'd be like, oh, I'm a vegetarian. They'd just be, oh, I'm sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, I, do you know? Um, I am going to uh, Paris uh, soon uh, next week, in fact, and uh, I have been to Paris before as a vegetarian, and I found it quite difficult. And I have looked up the menus uh, of where I'm going, like like the restaurants around that area, and I'm actually really well catered for, uh, including menus that specifically say which options are vegetarian, and I'm incredibly surprised. No, oh, I, I think it's culturally it's changing everywhere. I think, isn't it? No, it isn't. It's just because <laughs> of the fact that I'm going to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> Which um, I've heard they cater to tourists, but I mean, who knew? Okay, July the 10th, 12 boys and their football coach are successfully rescued from the flooded Tam Luang Nang Non cave in Thailand following a 17-day ordeal that gained worldwide attention and got Elon Musk in a lot of trouble. Uh, I was July- just about to say that. <laughs> I, I, know, I know Elon's a fucking madman, but my God, was that funny. The thing about that was the whole thing is so... Hollywood, like Elon Musk was trying to develop a personal submarine to get trapped children out of a cave. It sounds like something that The Rock would star in. It's so, um, yeah, oh, that that is really really true. So someone's gonna make a film about Elon, Elon Musk, and it, it's gonna be delightful. It's just my, I just really like, I really like the the interaction that happened publicly of, um, oh, there's people trapped. I'll send a a a, a sub, a personalized sub that we need to build. I will send it there to help save people. And then an expert there was just obviously like, uh, it's not the right scenario, we can't do that. And he was like, yeah, shut up, pedo. (laughs) Stop raping kids and let me save some. And and it's like, the escalation was was quite quick. Uh, And I really like, I listened to to a lot of the Joe Rogan podcast. Okay. And... I really, really enjoyed Elon Musk's get, uh, appearance on that. It was a really long interview. He spoke about lots of stuff. I really, really loved it. But one of my favourite things is he is winging it. Like, he is just doing n- nonsense. And at one point, he smokes a joint on the show. And <laughs> the show goes out live. And his phone is going, like, what are you doing? Like, someone's messing, like, what are you doing? Please stop. <laughs> and he's just ignoring it. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I've, 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 that, that's a, probably how he does a lot of his life. I mean, yeah, he's kind of a, he's kind of a supervillain, Elon Musk, isn't he? He's. I, I actually think, while the fact that he's an egotistical jerk, I think he's probably a great force for good. And like the fact that Tesla released all their patents and stuff like that, because uh, they don't want to hold back. Like, there's no point inventing the future if you. <laughs> you immediately stick a copyright stamp on it and no one else can use it. You're not really innovating then. And, and and stuff like that makes me feel really like positive about him. Even even if it's like the Steve Jobs thing. You can't deny Steve Jobs was very, very talented at what he did, even if he was an obnoxious cunt. <laughs> an obnoxious cunt. Um R. I. P. I I know what you mean. Elon Musk is um it, but the thing is it, you know, I say super villain just because he's you know, got some investments in some new and strange technology, but as you say, it's beneficial technology for the future of the planet, but it's still hard to shake the kind of eccentric weirdo vibe. But then I do think if that was me, 
I mean, you'd, you'd like to think you'd just sit down for a podcast and dick around with, with some guy and talk shit, wouldn't you? You'd like to think I, you'd do that too. I have no doubt. If, if I had that level of money, if I had uh, PayPal money, I would not be a good person. <laughs> I, 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 no, no, no I, I think I wouldn't. And, and I don't mean that in like a, like a being a funny way. I just, I just think lots of money and lots of power corrupt really badly. And you get really used to that really quickly, and, and that clearly has its effect. Like he, he doesn't come across well in a lot of stuff. <laughs> but I, 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 you know, I love technology and science fiction and weird innovators. And I, uh, again, it probably won't surprise me if some incredible story comes out, and it turns out, you know, he went to Mars so that he could kill everyone, and <laughs> you know, he built a statue of it. Like none of that would really surprise me. However, I find him incredibly interesting. Uh, but we should go through the list because there's a lot of stuff here to get through. I mean, I agree that yeah, he's a the Elon Musk story to be continued. July the seventeenth, the EU-Japan Economic Partnership Agreement is signed, the world's largest bilateral free trade deal, creating an open trade zone covering nearly one third of global GDP. And I'd never heard of it. That actually went into effect recently, I believe. Um, I can click the links until I can confirm that or not, but I uh, no. wing it. I think it came into effect recently. Wing it. As of recording. July the 25th, scientists report the presence of a subglacial lake on Mars, 1.5 kilometres below the southern polar ice cap and extending sideways about 12 miles, the first known body of water on the planet. July the 26th, heavy wildfires in Greece leave 87 dead and more than 100 buildings destroyed. And the share price of Facebook drops by almost 20% after the company warns investors that user growth has slowed following the data leak scandal. Over $109 billion is wiped from its market value, the lar largest single day loss in corporate history. And finally for July 27th, the longest total lunar eclipse of the 21st century occurs and Mars makes its closest approach to Earth since 2003. So there's a lot of stuff there. Yeah. Um, one thing I was going to say is, is that I find it very, very... Uh, for, for me, going forward, probably one of the most interesting things there is finding water on Mars. That that feels like it's going to be part of a narrative that drives the future. Because I, we're probably going to have the start of colonies on Mars in our lifetime, which is insane. How, however, and, and, and I don't know if you'll agree here, part of me thinks the most important story there is the, the slow decline of Facebook. It's, it's an interesting trend, isn't it? Because, I mean, especially for people, I think, similar age to us, um, you know, I'm 30. And I remember having Facebook in 2006 when I was a student. It was the cool, it was the cool thing. You know, it was like, everyone, oh, get Facebook, get Facebook. And I was like, what the hell is Facebook? You get it. It's really underwhelming. And then there was this kind of peak. It kind of trended upwards from there for what? Best part of a decade, I would say. And Facebook was kind of ubiquitous. Everyone had Facebook. You talked to your friends on Facebook, and now it's now it. I think it's just it's just uncool. Facebook. It's not it's not the social media platform of the kids, is it? It's your gran has Facebook. Your mum has Facebook. You know, it's. But but there is a a point where a technology hits kind of peak saturation, so that everyone knows it. it it's like like my mum knows what Fortnite is. Yeah. There there is that kind of and, and Facebook did hit that. So, uh, the sl notice that they say it isn't a, a decline of users, it's user growth. So they are continuing to grow. Yeah. But but I, I, do, I do think that the, the defining piece of technology of our time is social media. I think that's not 
unreasonable to say that. No? Do you disagree? No, I, I, I think if you look at the way... If you extend social media to include stuff like, I don't know, Tinder and stuff like games as well, you know, if you... if Using the internet to connect with other people, but social media... I, no, I'm, I'm talking specifically, like, yes, d- yes, dating apps, but Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, it's... The, the, the generation younger than us, I believe, I don't know if that... I don't know what that counts as, uh, if we're millennials, what the next one is, grew up with this technology and it's shaped their lives. And that feels like when people, when anthropologists write about us, they're going to write about that. Interesting. I'm not sure how much evidence they're going to have of anything, anthropologists, but uh, but I know what you mean. Um, what do you mean? Because we're all, well, because we're all, everything we do is, is on servers, isn't it? And contained yeah, they- within files. They'll have access, presumably, to almost endless data. Because if there's one thing that is certain about these services, they sell the data. <laughs> like, again, if, if, if you're not getting charged to use something, then you're the product. And yeah. it's not unreasonable that people will pull together and buy that data. Because that is um, not unreasonable. Also, another bit of news that... Uh, um, stands out to me is the execution of Omshin Rikyo. No, I'm really glad you said that because I was going to pick that out as well. Um, why do you think that was such a significant... For, for a, quite a developed country to do an execution, I, I understand that it is also it is a terrorist attack. It is treason, so executions aren't un, an unreasonable thing to do. Um, it's, it's just interesting it's been so long. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's like 24 years ago that happened. I always think that's in an unusual kind of attack as well because... You know, I, I'm sure you know more about them than I do, but when they're like um, they're quite a cultist type, yeah, they hundred percent were, yeah. Um, and um, the attack was to leave packages of sarin, pierce them, leave them on a metro, get off the train, and then. I, I believe they were, they were known to be suicide attacks because they pierced their they had basically had, they had sarin in bags yeah. that were sealed, and they pierced the bags with uh, umbrellas, the spokes of an umbrella, uh, and. Yeah, it, it, a devastating terrorist attack. But but again, I, I guess there's a thing of like, you basically don't want to make martyrs. And we we kind of know this now that, that there are a lot of people that are more powerful dead than they are alive. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, and so I, I, guess, I guess there is a. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, a desire to avoid that kind of martyrdom. It's just. I mean, it's such a cliche way of saying it, but I was seven when that happened. And the ramifications and punishment is taking place now, or July last year. It's very it's very hard to conceptualise that period of time, being in captivity, being on trial, being executed. And, and there's all these... All, all, you always hear these strange stories about people in death row in America uh, and stuff where they're, they're not sure if they're going to get executed today or tomorrow or next week or... All these kind of strange... To me, I find it very unsettling that someone is making that decision. Someone is scheduling that. Someone's... That's being booked in, you know. Prison warden is kind of looking at the sheet of paper and going, when's a good time to execute prisoner X? I find that... I don't don't think it's like like that. I don't (laughs) think there's a a convenient uh, schedule, but it, it, it is certainly strange that it still happens. What, what to you uh, stands out there? What would you say is that that kind of again the the kind of standout most important bit of history being made since we are the boys? <laughs> um, that I mean that Thailand cave story was huge. I know we already touched on it, but that was 
That was a very big story. It, but it's done. This is this is my thing. Is it's, it's one of those things that is 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 done. There, it, it's one of the, the the only stories on this list, I guess, except for Unchamrikio, that has an end. I, I know what you mean. The the water on Mars is is interesting in the same way because it's one of those weird ongoing stories. Well, not weird. Uh, where we cannot talk about whether or not there's water on Mars for about eight years at a time, and then suddenly a thing will happen, and I was like, oh yeah, water on Mars, I know about that. I'm I'm darn into that story because it. It's, it's of such importance, you know, literally global importance. It affects all of us, it affects humanity, it affects, yeah, all of us. So it, it, those are always kind of, and we see when we go through these lists, you know, often you see these kind of space exploration type stories that just naturally kind of fall into some sort of significance. Um, and, you know, since we're looking at the month as a whole, it, every time we do this, it shocks me that we've got 26 people died in wildfires in Greece in July, and I can't remember that. Twelve no, children got that. successfully rescued from a cave, and that was all we were talking about in July. So it's it's always strange to think about what the media considers to be newsworthy. Right. Again, Eritrea and Ethiopia officially ending a twenty-year war, uh, and I didn't even know there was a war, and that's most of my lifetime. But how many cave boys did they have? That's the question. I have no idea. I, I assume I assume zero, but uh, I'm, I'm, I, my knowledge of the conflict is zero. It's the same with those Chilean miners. I think people trapped is just kind of a narrative that I think the media finds quite easy to buy into. Uh, like a, it's it's because it, it's a an ongoing thing you can react to. Yeah. Breaking news from the Thai cave. That kind They're of. still there. <laughs> yeah. It, no, exactly. But 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 you can position people there. You can track developments. Uh, it, it, it's it's life or death so I mean that's kind of electrifying to follow it, it's the perfect you know it's, it's why a news story about an active shooter is more exciting than a two dead this morning as blah 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 yeah I guess it's to do with hope as well isn't it it's it's, it's kind of even if it's tragic it's kind of a positive story in the sense that are they going to get out kind of yeah very true Okay, shall we move on to August? Go for it, Jonathan. Okay, August the 1st, the 2018 Kivu Ebola outbreak begins in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. It becomes the second deadliest outbreak of Ebola on November 29th, surpassed only by the 2013 West African Ebola virus epidemic. August the 2nd, Apple Inc. becomes the world's first public company to achieve a market capitalization of $1 trillion, and I don't know what that means. August the 7th, the United States reimposes sanctions on Iran. August the 10th to the 20th, heavy rainfall causes severe floods in the Indian state of Kerala. It is the worst flood to hit the state in a century. August the 12th, five littoral states, Russia, Kazakhstan, Azerbaijan, Iran and Turkmenistan, signed the Convention on the Legal Status of the Caspian Sea, ending the 20-year-long dispute over the Caspian Sea's legal status. NASA also launches the unmanned Parker Solar Probe to study the sun at close range and solar wind. August the 14th, part of the Morandi Bridge collapses after a violent storm in Genoa, causing 43 fatalities. Deputy Prime Minister Luigi Di Maio and Transport Minister Danilo Toninelli blame private company Autostrada per l'Italia. August the 18th to September the 2nd, the 2018 Asian Games are held in Jakarta and Palembang, Indonesia. August the 23rd, uh, Ecuador withdraws from Alba. And August the 24th, Scott Morrison succeeds Malcolm Turnbull as Prime Minister of Australia following a, following a Liberal Party leadership ballot. And that's August. 
Um, Bit of a weird but, one. What, what, are, what are your initial feelings like looking looking at that list? Uh, we didn't talk about it much last month, but United States reimposing sanctions on Iran kind of goes with the tariff war they're having with China. It does seem like Trump's determined to piss off every potentially rogue nation on the planet in the name of showing American strength, which is pretty much the oldest political tactic in the book, but I think it's anachronistic to say the least. Last time we spoke about North Korea a lot, and one of the things about North Korea is, it, is it's, it's one of those things that became, let's just ignore it till it goes away. And uh, Iran, and, and same with Russia to a degree as well, like, oh, they've invaded, invaded Ukraine, let's just leave it. Um, and, and Iran has has the the thing of like um, the uh, I guess bans on nuclear weapons. <laughs> sure. And it is like Trump is flexing at all of that, like trying to to do a. I, I, I get. I guess it's from the the outsider because he is an outsider. It's the outsider perspective. It's like why aren't people doing anything about this? And then it's like there's actually many reasons why people aren't doing things. <laughs> and and it's not that they aren't doing things. It's just that diplomacy has got us so far in this world. Hmm. And it's yeah, Trump is in many ways a throwback to the and we talked we talked about this last time, the the to idea cavemen? that Yeah. <laughs> but the idea that um modern diplomacy isn't as simple as, you know, when you talk about like you say, what's happening, it's oh we're trying to negotiate aid in the background and we're trying to cooperate in certain trading issues and stuff like that. Whereas diplomacy from a couple hundred years ago is you've made us mad and we're angry here's some angry boats parked outside your front door until you do what we say that's kind of really old school diplomacy but Trump's kind of he's taking the spirit of that kind of gunboat diplomacy as it used to be called and kind of and kind of saying you know in the modern era of saying no and you know we're going to put economic sanctions on you we're not going to deal with you yeah taking what could be seen to be strong action because and again, we talked about this last week. It's it's very hard to to do anything in the modern era politically uh, in terms of actual action. You know, this tension it doesn't play out in terms of we invaded here and we attacked here and we blockaded here and we sunk a ship over here. It, it's 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 all to do with treaties and you know that's the language of modern diplomacy, isn't it? So he's doing modern diplomacy in an old-fashioned way, I guess. Yeah, ish. Like with a big question mark at the end of that. It, it's going to be when he once his eight years are up. It's going to be really interesting to see what kind of long standing. Because because right now everything feels potential. Like people are getting pissed off, but nothing's really happened. And mm. it'll be interesting to see what the long term ramifications are of a lot of this. It's it, it's the same with Brexit. Like us winning back a lot of the world's respect is going to be a very interesting time. Yeah, I agree. Because, I mean, it is an international community these days, isn't it? It's organisations like the UN and the EU and, you know, UNICEF and stuff like that. It's, it's all internationalisation of a lot of big institutions. And it's very hard to see one country kind of withdrawing from anything like that, really, in this is modern era. So, like you say, trying to see how, how Britain is treated on the world stage will be... Yeah, will be... Well, I mean, no, no one knows what's going to happen, do we? So... It's almost like it, this kind of rise of nationalism that's happening again is really interesting because of because of the the fact that now some of the biggest problems we have are global issues. Mm. 
Uh, and, and the two I think of are people, uh, companies not paying tax by just, just hiding in different countries. And that's nothing you can solve on your own. And, yeah, sure. uh, and obviously global warming. Or climate change. We don't call it global warming anymore, do we? I, I, I do agree. And the financial issues are... It's so important to handle that on an international level because whenever you see any sort of tax scandal or finance scandal, it's always, oh, an offshore account in the Cayman Islands or company registered in Jersey and in isolation you can't possibly handle those kind of issues because of that if there's any sort of loophole that can be found it will be found no exactly and it requires an international response and it's the 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 tinfoil hat in me <laughs> it makes me think that some of this this the push for nationalism might be inspired by companies like Google, Facebook, Starbucks, Nestle, like you know th- this push to be like you know we we can be global, but we don't really need states to be cooperating. But again, that's super tinfoil hatty, and that could just be the engine that a lot of modern technology has created. I have a couple of um, interesting cultural releases in August. Yes, go. Um, so a lot of these are going to be significant in a couple of months' time when the Oscars are said. Yes. It's going to be interesting to see then what a kind of like what what have we or at least the Academy selected as the kind of standout bits of culture from the year. But in August, um, Black Klansman was released, the Spike Lee film, uh, which got very good reviews, uh, as opposed to the Slender Man film that did not <laughs> get very good reviews. It was an interesting uh, month for gaming as well, with uh, big releases like Yakuza Zero and Monster Hunter World. For me, the kind of big release was Battle for Azeroth, the latest World of Warcraft expansion, which has been not received very well. But one thing I wanted to point out that I don't know if you're interested in was it was um, part one of the final season of The Walking Dead, um, the Telltale game that obviously doesn't exist anymore because Telltale are dead. Yes, although they're finishing it, aren't they? They, they, they are finishing it, but it's been published by... Is it Devolver or have I made it? Starbreeze? Oh, 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 it might, might, is might, might it is? I can't remember. It's the company that has The Walking Dead. The, I don't know who that is, though. <sighs> Telltale seemed like they had the world at their feet about five or six years ago, didn't they? That was... After the first season of The Walking Dead, that was kind of... That was going to be the new thing in games. There was all these, quote-unquote, walking simulators, and it was all about narrative and storytelling and character development, and then... Turned out to be a little bit of a fad, didn't it? I, I think those kind of games are still getting made, but I think people have realised that that's that's probably never going to be AAA. It's never going to be taking over culturally in the like. It's almost like The Walking Dead was kind of this weird lightning in a bottle moment where it was kind of a different way of playing the game with a franchise that was kind of on top of the world at that time as well. That's since then kind of tailed off really uh, in terms of in terms of the TV series anyway. It's also interesting because I don't think any of them are very, to me, very good or, or very like seminal. I can't imagine twenty years from now looking back and, and and kind of holding them up in the same way that Chrono Trigger's twenty years old, and and that's still held up as a, as a. I mean, Mario Brothers, like like all of these other things that are held up as Silent Hill Two, um, Resident Evil Two is not currently <laughs> the biggest thing again. But do you know what I mean? Whereas as a, I think that any of the Telltale games will feel dated and not as interesting as some of these other ones because I guess it is a pioneer in a type of genre but it never quite stuck the landing for me in in any of their releases do, do you remember when zombie zombies were seen as edgy and schlocky 
and horror. I do, and they were in everything, but I can't complain at the moment because again, but, Resident Evil Two is currently in the top of the chart. It's weird though. Like I, I don't think about zombies now are so mainstream. It's it's strange to think there was a time that I can remember when a zombie film coming out was kind of indie and schlocky and kind of low budget and associated with that kind of genre. It is. It is still. It, it is. It's weird that zombies have become such mainstream, but the Romero films, where it originates from, yeah, are still these weird. I don't know, like things that not everyone knows about, or or even like I'm sure lots of people know the name Night of the Living Dead, but I can't say that everyone has actually seen that film, um, even though it's a wonderful, wonderful little masterpiece. But John, what happened in September? Okay, September the 2nd, a fire destroys the National Museum of Brazil in Rio de Janeiro. I think Wikipedia has been generous in considering that to be a, um, a notable news story, but there we go. September the 6th... Jonathan! <laughs> if you can name one exhibit that was in the National Museum of Brazil and you went there, I'll be impressed. Please continue. Uh, the September the 6th, the Supreme Court of India decriminalises homosexuality. September the 20th, the MV Neureri capsizes on Lake Victoria, killing at least 228 passengers. September I don't ever remember hearing about that. I I think just vehicular tragedy has just been stricken from the record, as far as the media is concerned. Yeah, no no plane crashes yet, which is good. Apparently, I mean, tra- travel in the later half of the year. Unless Wikipedia has just given up as well. Uh, September the 22nd, an attack at a military parade kills at least 29 people in Avaz, Iran. And September the 28th, a magnitude 7.5 earthquake hits Sulawesi, Indonesia, Indonesia, causing a tsunami that kills at least 2,256 people and injures more than 10,679 others. And that's it. September, obviously, not a particularly noteworthy month. Uh, you said that after reading out the fact that uh, 2000, over 2,000 people died uh, in a tsunami, which is obviously... Colossal yeah. yeah. I, w- I was actually till we got to that. I was going to point out that there's that there, there's a nice positivity, positive thing there in uh, India decriminalising uh, homosexuality. I, I'm conf- confused about that, and I, I wish I'd done more research about it because I remember speaking to one of the Indian girls who used to work with the subway, and um, and we, we were talking about this, and she said it was it was legal to be to be gay in India, and that was ten years ago. So. I don't know if it got re-criminalised and then decriminalised. I don't know, but um, maybe. Uh, I I I I don't know. I mean, it, that's what happened in America. Obviously, it got okay. It was it in California? Was it Prop Eight? I don't know. I I, I shouldn't speak of that. I, I, I don't know, hundred percent. But um, September was interesting. Like going through that again, just kind of tragedies. Yeah, I mean, that's lastly boat capsizes, military parade, an attack at a military parade is. And it sounds horrible, but when it, when it, sometimes when you hear there's a plane crash or a a boat, I guess in this instance as well, you kind of your mind kind of goes to sort of you know you think I wonder what happened, but you think probably mechanical failure, uh, poorly maintained equipment or something. You know you kind of in your head you have a sort of an idea of what might have happened. An attack at a military parade is is not not something that my mind can immediately kind of. You know, I mean, wrap my thoughts around as to what I think might have happened there. Probably some kind of dissident, uh, a terrorist attack against the state, uh, presumably. Mm. That that 
hurt bystanders, and that's that's really sad. I have a couple of interesting cultural things that happened in September. Culture um, me up. I say culture. There's two films that came out that were really interesting. Uh, I, I say interesting. They're interesting to me. Uh, I don't know if they're interesting to anyone else. But uh, two films that were released were The Predator, Shane Black's uh, reboot, relaunch of the Predator franchise, which is the with the Predators after the human race because they are they want our autism, and <laughs> that's not a joke. And uh, an interesting film that I haven't seen actually, Fahrenheit Eleven Nine. The Michael Moore documentary um, about the Trump election. I only found out about that recently. I mean, Michael Moore is another one that when Fahrenheit 9/11 came out, that was that was huge culturally, and he seems to have tailed off a little. He's been making a, a lot of films, and he, he's never going to reach that peak significance of the double bill of Bowling for Columbine and Fahrenheit 9/11. It's interesting that there's not a real great like equivalent of of, of uh, like a like a British equivalent that does the kind of like pop because they're not particularly deep but they are effective um, documentaries but, like because we have I have Louis Theroux is good Louis Louis it's not Louis, the same style and Nick Broomfield as well but it, it, yeah it's not quite the same I guess abrasiveness but maybe that's a cultural thing maybe that's the American uh, I get, that's the American versus British sensibilities. So let's do October, but I can already tell you that October peaks very early in some very significant news. Breaking news from October. Well, October 3rd is obviously my birthday, uh, and I was 30, uh, and that's a big deal. And so, just, you know, while we're on that, how does it feel to be old? Uh, I feel empty inside. Do you feel a midlife crisis coming on? Uh, more more like a quarter-life crisis, or a, a crisis of, of life in general. I mean, I don't know about you, but I I don't get these moments when I'm, you know, for me personally, it doesn't it doesn't hit me when I, when I have a birthday or something. Oh my god, I'm that old. Oh my god, I'm I've reached that point in my life or whatever. But it, it's just it's the it, it creeps up on you, you know, because I'm thirty as well, as I've already mentioned. I I didn't think when I turned thirty, oh my god, this is it, my life's over, anything. But then sometimes you'll just have a moment or a a cultural exchange with someone, or you have a conversation about something that's a cultural touchstone to you that you know someone at work who's five or six years younger than me doesn't doesn't understand and that's when like you'd be so oh you remember panda pops and they're like what are you talking about mate and you're like oh, well uh, panda pop i find it more in 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 a i i feel it sometimes where i'm like i'm i'm so i i get these moments of where i'm like man this i just don't feel that way anymore or like uh man i feel i feel old or i feel distant from something like uh, you know, I went to a, a nightclub for the first time in a, a long time recently. And, and it's hard to shake the feeling of like, man, I'm so done with this period of my life. And being here makes me feel old. You know, th- th- it's something I used to do 10 years ago. And and being there now, just it makes me feel like... Uh, you, you, can, you never really appreciate how much you grow in, in sl- slow installments over time. But I am... But, but when, when you get this kind of like reality check it does make me feel differently about things and I, I think mentally I'm not sure I ever progressed from, from being like a 16 year old who's like oh man I'm never going to find a job I can do I'm never going to get a girlfriend I'm never going to have a house you know, just kind of like how's all that stuff fit together and then at some point you know if you do ever take stock you think like you know I'm doing okay at work you know I'm building towards getting a deposit you know I'm married you know you do sometimes 
sit there and you just think, yeah, doing okay. I, my biggest concern when I was younger was literally girls, and I couldn't care less about career because it felt like a distant thing, uh, and money. Now, now I'm older. I, like the the kind of, I, I I think a lot about my career and I think a lot about money. And obviously, I've been in a relationship for a long time now, and it's like I feel like I just—they're not concerns anymore. And that—that that shift in priorities, like going out on the pool to a point, was my fucking world when I was younger. <laughs> I know what you mean. And that—that that makes me feel a bit kind of like disgraced with myself. That I—that I would be so hollow and so shallow a human being. Isn't that you grow though? Is, isn't of course, that of course. But that's what—that's what, what makes me feel old now. That's what makes me feel like oh, I actually. You know, I feel like I haven't changed since I was 16, but really, yes, I have. Quite a bit. You just don't really appreciate it. But please, John, October, <laughs> please tell me about how, you know, how it's going at the Saudi consulate in Istanbul. Uh, I mean, you've started, so you should finish really bit. October the 2nd, Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi is murdered inside the Saudi consulate in Istanbul, triggering a diplomatic crisis for Saudi Arabia. Uh, October the 8th, the IPCC releases its special report on global warming of 1.5 degrees centigrade, warning that rapid, far-reaching and unprecedented changes in all aspects of society are needed to ensure that global warming is kept below 1.5 degrees. October the 10th, Hurricane Michael makes landfall at Mexico Beach, Florida, weird, with winds of 155 miles per hour and a minimum pressure of 919 millibars. It is the most intense hurricane to hit the mainland United States since Camille in 1969. October the 16th, Canada legalises the sale and use of cannabis, becoming the second country in the world to do so after Uruguay in 2013. I wouldn't have said Uruguay if you'd have asked me. October the 19th, at least 59 people are killed and at least 100 injured when a train runs through a crowd at a Hindu festival in Punjab, India. And on that same day, the unmanned European-Japanese spacecraft Bepi Colombo is launched on a seven-year journey to Mercury. So I have two points there to interrupt you. Uh, one, I did not even slightly read that a train ran through a crowd. Uh, that's insane. Pretty uh, horrifying. And, uh, that's horrifying. And Bepi Colombo is the worst name of anything I've ever fucking heard. <laughs> I don't care if like we get like pictures of the surface of Mercury, which <laughs> you know, like we, we, you know, which we probably won't be able to because it melt well before then. But even if it does, they don't deserve any kind of accolades because they named their spacecraft. Bepi Colombo. And, and just to clarify that for anyone who's not fully up on the name of the Bepi Colombo, it's B E P I and then no space and then just Colombo with a capital C. It, it feels like the product of too many meetings, too many people that had to be represented in that name, and it's just horrible. It's not. It's a dog shit name. It's a dog shit name, and they should be embarrassed. You you embarrassed yourself, Bepi Colombo. Um, October the twentieth. 700,000 people marched through central London demanding a second referendum on the final Brexit deal. The event is the second most attended protest of the 21st century in the United Kingdom after the Stop the War anti-Iraq war march in 2003. That's a good example of feeling old. 2003, that was 16 years ago. Yeah. I remember that vividly. <laughs> also on October the 20th, President Trump announces that the US will terminate the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty over alleged Russian violations. Yep. October the 23rd, the Hong Kong Zhuhai Macau Bridge, the world's longest sea crossing bridge, is opened by Chinese President Xi Jinping. October 27th, Michael D. Higgins is officially declared President of Ireland after receiving, who cares, first preference votes. He got a lot of votes. And 11 people are killed during the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting at the Tree of Life Synagogue. 
October the 28th, the far-right Jair Bolsonaro is elected as the next president of Brazil, 55% of the vote. October the 29th, Lion Air Flight... Here we flight... go. <laughs> that makes me sad that this has become a meme in our show. October the 29th, Lion Air Flight 610 crashes off the coast of Java with 189 passengers on board. Southeast Asia is, is, is not a place I would get on a plane. Uh, October 30th... <laughs> <laughs> That's so offensive. I know, but you know what I mean. October the 30th, NASA's Kepler mission ends after the spacecraft runs out of fuel. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm not... I would get on a plane in Southeast Asia, but it it does it does speak to something of this technology that's so wide in such widespread use you know you do even when you get on a Ryanair flight and the seats are dirty and there's like a puddle on your seat you just assume that they're kind of taking care of the plane but it, it does feel like it doesn't take a lot of bad hires and poor workmanship to end up with a plane disaster do you know what I'm saying? yeah definitely I mean it's interesting looking at the when you have it when you have the news of a plane crash sandwiched in between news of uh, Bepi Colombo and NASA's Kepler mission that's really interesting you know like like the fact that we are sending we are sending our, our greatest technology into the depths of space now like further than we've ever done before and yet we can't manage it, it, apparently very often you know with losses of life of about 200 people each time uh, it's, it, it's so strange that when the and they've talked about this before when the when the aviation industry really started doing commercial flights they were luxurious they were spacious they were very safe because everyone was so neurotic about what could go wrong what could happen people were so diligent there were so many checks there were so few accidents for that reason and then over time you know we will pay as much you know for a Ryanair flight to Europe as I'll pay for a train ticket to London <laughs> you know it's uh, like anything like there, there's there's victims when you when you cost cut to that degree yeah and there are you know it, it's the same way with with any any kind of industry like I, I, it's making me think of the the horse meat scandal uh, it's making me think of basically the horse meat scandal like like if you cut corners it's not surprising when stuff like this happens, and yeah, same with same with flights and stuff. I'm sure there's like reasons, and and we kind of we are assuming we don't actually know these things. Sure, I I, I think you're right. We are assuming there's some sort of poor workmanship or someone was culpable. And we, I don't think we mean it like that. I just think it's or sta- it. or sta- standards are lower. Manufacturing um, just could be anything that causes these kind of problems, and it, it is it does bring it home, you know. And the the thing that it makes me think of is is why. They have such violent uprisings and genocides and stuff sometimes in Africa is because the political situation is far behind the technology, and the reason that that happens is because there's always some black market or even some government that's willing to sell AK-47s to warlords, you know, in the way that the normal, the way that I don't know, say in Europe, the technology developed alongside politics. You know, when you had when the kind of political situation wasn't fully crystallised and you had warring factions, they weren't able to just machine gun each other to death, you know? And it... Yeah. It, it makes me think of that, you know, how the... Sometimes stuff gets so cheap that it has real human consequence and ramifications that I think are sad. Um, not that I'm suggesting that, that Indonesia can't afford to run planes, but hopefully you know what I mean. No, I know, I, I understand. I, what I actually wanted to go back to is obviously the um, the... the 
there's a lot of things there. Um, we spoke last time about uh, the legalization of cannabis, um, but uh, obviously uh, Jamal Khashoggi, Khashoggi w- was quite a big deal, and that's that uh, that feels like it's still coming up pretty much daily for me in, in my news feeds. I, I agree. I mean, I when I, when I first read it, I, I couldn't believe that that was October because to me that feels like such a current story. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. That that feels like so long ago now, three months ago. But at the same time, um, you see, again, research. Has Saudi Five. Saudi Arabia have now admitted, as far as I'm aware, that that he's been killed? Yes. And that they did it. But I, I didn't they come up with some really flimsy pretext of him defecting or something? Or have I made that up? I, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Um. <laughs> again, again, that that feels like the inciting incident of something bigger. And if anything, in fact, anything from this year so far that we've spoken about is going to have some kind of long-lasting effects. I would, I would hope it's that. It feels like the start of something very important, or the it's, end of something very important. It's really, it's one of the things I really like about us going through the stories is you do build this kind of picture even just from these snatches that maybe you don't think about when you're look, when you're getting the news in your feed on tv however you get it you, you think about what's happening in saudi arabia but you know we had the um legalizing uh, uh making it legal for women to drive um we had didn't we in the last part of the episode and now we've got this as well it, it all kind of you know nothing happens in isolation does it it all fits together and um obviously things are changing there and it's just to do with what are the ramifications of that? Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. I, I, well, I, w- I was thinking about um, um, how long it's existed as a as a entity, because um, as a, as a state, I mean, because I, I was thinking of um, Lawrence. I, I read not that long ago, Seven Pillars of Wisdom. Okay. And um, I, I was thinking that that really wasn't that long ago. No. I, and. Yeah, I guess it's kind of interesting to see where the country stands in 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 its lifetime. I guess. Hmm. I don't know what my point is there, but um, another one is huge bridges opened in China that I've never heard of, which is. Oh, I remember that. It's the it's massive. It looks really cool as well. It's like it's quite an aesthetically pleasing design. Everyone, um, go look at the bridge. It's aesthetically pleasing. Well, right that's important when you have like landmarks and stuff. It, oh, it's it, cool. It, it does. It does look cool. It's a, it's a cool design. Um, Everyone needs to watch this with Wikipedia. Oh, listen to this with Wikipedia open, so you can click on the links to all these stories. Um, we, we are literally going through the 2018 Wikipedia thing because it's a, actually a really good summary of, of things that happened, and it has some interesting curveballs, basically about NASA constantly, which I'm I'm really enjoying. Just anything that flies, Wikipedia are all over it. Jonathan, November. Oh, November, it is. Did you have any cultural things from October? Um, there's quite a few um, releases that. I don't know how significant they are going to be. Again, once the Oscars are done, we'll see if the you know if something really is kind of momentous. I guess one thing that came out was Venom, the latest Sony Pictures fuck up. Um, <laughs> uh, but also, what came out is a Star Is Born, which is obviously seems like a front runner at the Oscars. First Man, the latest Damien Chazelle film, which I thought would be doing very well, and I, I didn't get a chance to see it, but because um, it flopped really badly. Um, but it's very high on my list of films. I'm I'm, I'm going to buy it the moment it comes out. Uh, two horror films came out that were both very well received. The latest Halloween film, uh, which I loved, uh, and Suspiria, the obviously the remake of the Argento film. Sure. Uh, in gaming, a game I know you played, Mega Man 11, came out. Big fan. 
but there was also some really big releases that are interesting to release them so close together, but they also none of them directly compete with one another, uh, which would be Mario Party, which is a masterpiece, Soul Calibur VI, which I really, really like as well, and probably probably the biggest gaming event last year, even if I don't care, uh, Red Dead 2. Such a rock star, just, there's such kind of... I don't want to say auteurs, but they're such kind of creators in the sense that this is the first wholly original game they've done in the entire PS4 generation. I know GTA V was on there, but whatever. It's a PS3 game, really. And and it's just amazing. You, you wonder what... I haven't played it yet, but you wonder what Rockstar could do that, that wouldn't get people's attention. You know? And I, I, they, they definitely... One thing you should be praised is that how much they take their time with things and they do not shit out the latest like Assassin's Creed game once a year it's it's the solution to the problem of how do you prevent releasing a game every year burnout it's you do one every five years when it's ready and make it awesome and you rinse and, and you make the most predatory disgusting <laughs> online service built into that game that's why GTA 5 lasted so long they never need to build another one and they made more money from the online than the actual game which is saying something because they made a billion in a day. Yeah, and I assume that's going to be the same with Red Dead. Again, it's not a game I've played. It's not a game I care about. It's a massive success, and it's probably something people are going to speak about for years to come. Mm. Uh, the other thing was why quickly why can't why can't Sony do Spider Man? What is their issue? Um, well, so, Sony Sony are in a really weird predicament in that they have essentially lost Spider Man, that one of their key franchises and the key IP, and you can see them at the moment constantly trying to start something new uh, and they, and but basically they're kind of shitting them out at quite a pace and none of them are landing I mean I don't really want to go into it anymore but obviously Ghostbusters 2016 was them trying to start a franchise it failed you can already see they've changed their mind on that and they're doing Ghostbusters 3 instead the, the latest one it looks to be Men in Black which again just looks shat out with little to no inspiration but again, it's IP, it's a name people know. Uh, and Venom, again, they they are not making Spider-Man now, but they've got that franchise, so they're going to try and rinse it as much as they can. And It made quite a lot of money, Venom, didn't it? It, it did. They, they don't... The, the, the thing is, is what they really want is they want the next big franchise that, they, again, they can milk into the ground. And they're struggling with that. How, how long until they, they go full Fantastic Four on that and just go, you know what? We're never going to make this work. Just have it back tomorrow. Well, I mean, they're in a really good um, thing at the moment in that that they are one of the few companies that have a, a cross cross uh, not cross platform, but a a uh, uh, a co production between Marvel Studios and Sony Pictures with the Amazing Spider Man. Yes, yeah. not the Amazing Spider Man. Sorry, the 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 <laughs> whatever the Tom Holland ones are called. The Sky Movies is launching a um. Well, I have launched a channel that's just Spider Man movies. Uh, that's that's because they can do that because why would they I ever watch that. Because <laughs> there's um, so many. Again, interesting releases. Um, I don't know what's going to be significant other than everything there was pre-sold material, it, it, that, which I find really really interesting. It is, it, it's kind of it, that that's the kind of state culture is in, and yeah. film and gaming is it, it, it's all. It's trading in on what has already happened. Again, Venom. Uh, Venom. It's the, the, the only outlier would be a first man, but but even then, it's been that's been sold on people that, that give a shit about Buzz Aldrin. It, it's not a 
new, fresh, interesting story. It's a book. It's an adaptation. I mean, you're speaking to someone whose favourite game that came out in October was Mega Man 11. So I, <laughs> I know what you mean. It's no, no, no. It's, it's, but, but, yeah. but look at those games. It's 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 Mega Man 11. It's Mario Party. It's Soul Calibur 6. It's Red Dead 2. And Red Dead Redemption 2 is, I think, the third Red yeah, Dead game. Yeah, it's the third one. Yeah. Uh, there's a Suspiria <laughs> remake. There's a Halloween sequel. There's a Star is Born, which is the third version of that. It, it, it. The quality is there. However, it does it does paint a fairly grim picture of, uh, of, of these kind of icons. I, I don't know why. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 does, it doesn't make me very optimistic about both industries, even if there's a lot there I love. But it, we should do November. We should do November. Uh, November the 1st, NASA's Dawn mission concludes after it runs out of hydrazine fuel. This is on November the 1st. It was October the 30th, the Kepler mission ended after the spacecraft ran out of fuel. So I don't know if NASA just had a bit of a fuel calculation issue at some point in time that kind of messed them both yeah, up. Yeah, but... But budget cuts, uh, probably. <laughs> We're taking out the fuel. That's what we can't afford. Uh, November the 4th, New Caledonia holds an independence referendum with 56.4% voting against independence versus 43.6% in favour. November the 8th, the campfire ignites in Butte County, California. It becomes California's deadliest and most destructive wildfire. 88 deaths and 18,804 buildings destroyed, including Miley Cyrus's house. November the 11th, many nations around the world, particularly ones in Europe and the Commonwealth, along with the United States, commemorate the ending of the World War One's centenary with Armistice Day, Veterans Day and Remembrance Day ceremonies, speeches, parades and memorials. November the 26th, NASA's InSight probe successfully lands on the surface of Mars. November the 27th, Ukrainian crisis. Ukraine declares martial law after an armed incident in which Russia, Russia seized three Ukrainian ships in the disputed Kerch Strait two days earlier. And finally for November... 28th, Chinese scientist He Jianqui at a public conference in Hong Kong announces that he has altered the DNA of twin human girls born earlier in the month to try to make them resistant to infection with the HIV virus. He also reveals the possible second pregnancy of another gene-modified baby. So, the... I don't want to use the word designer baby. Hmm. But, um... I feel like that's going to be the ongoing story. Like, we, we are getting to the point where we can... We can practice eugenics in a in a thoughtful, scientific way, which is weird. Yeah, it, it does feel... Just reading that through, it does feel like he's either going to end up in jail or with statues built of him. And there's not a lot of middle ground there, is there? It's... Well, no, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be... Um, um, I'm listening... Uh, well, I'm, I'm listening to the audiobook version at the moment of uh, Yuval Noah Harari's 21 Lessons for the 21st Century. Sure. Um, and there's a, a chapter about um, basically genetic engineering and the fact that it's probably going to be really expensive. And so you are going to end up in a situation where we might have essentially genetic, a genetic caste system. Mm. Because, 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 you know. If you could, if you've got lots of money and you can engineer yourself or your kids to live longer, be healthier, be immune to most diseases, be smarter, that that's that's a, a huge step. And 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 you know, are is something like sexism, racism, going to be irrelevant when we're going to have you know super mutants? Well, already there is a notable. There is going to be a massive intelligence gap when 
AI renders ninety percent of work as redundant. Mm. Because because you can't you can't just go oh sorry Mr Lorry driver that we've now got driverless cars but it's fine though because you can learn to code. Just go learn HTML. It's easy, mate. Go on, go do it. Mm. it, 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 it I mean. It's it's gonna be a really really interesting like maybe maybe not in the next hundred years but in the next like two two hundred years three hundred years although maybe it will come sooner than I think but making because that's that's how it will start making babies resistant to certain things like why 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 do we need inoculations when we can modify genes and that's the ethical question I think isn't it that you're talking about is that you can say you do find a a way to make a baby's resistant to HIV for example who who gets that you're gonna you're gonna make it for seven billion people. Or are you going to make it available to those who can afford it? Because obviously you can't produce that much of this anyway. And like you're saying, you end up with a situation where you've got different classes of of resistance. But then, who knows? I mean, we, we look at like the inoculations and stuff we have now, um, you know, that would have been unthinkable not that long ago. I mean, maybe there'll be a way to, you know, if this technology is safe and, uh, you know, a way to make it um, kind of a mess widely available product I don't say product but but uh, I, I think I think yeah. there is a very rightful fear though of uh, certain uh, states or certain groups I guess getting access to the, this technology and having uh, basically different ideas about how to use that technology mm. because if there's a genetic component to a homosexuality mm. could you eradicate it same, same with Down syndrome I mean, you we eradicate just, it. We were just talking as well, weren't we, a few months ago about how India, you know, homosexuality was crimin- was a criminal act in India until some point last year. You know, there are other countries in the world where it's still illegal, and if you deem something to be morally a criminal offence, then unfortunately, it, it, I, logically, you might consider. No, ex- exactly. Like if 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 you know, a lot of a lot of places in the world still think of be- being gay as a sickness. And it's not out of the realms of uh, it's not out of the realms of possibility that if that technology existed, that's what it would be used for. It's got supervillain plot written all over it. No, it, of course it does. But what? But what also about like subservience of women? Like what, what if? What if you could make them more? Make them? Jesus Christ! Uh, what if? What, all you what if women you could, out there. No, but what if? What if you could? What if? What if a a a a a country or a a a political party even believed that? That was a woman's role, and could engineer it. I mean, we're in—we've already talked about it—but we're in the era of rise of nationalism, right? You know, far-right leader just took over in Brazil. I mean, you know, it's not as far-fetched as it should be, unfortunately. No, it's not. That, that, that's one. It, it only really needs it to happen once. I, I've been, um, I've been, again, I've been, I've been listening to stuff recently about um, just because it's come up. There's a podcast I really love called "The Last Podcast on the Left," and it's just a really amazing three-part breakdown of Joseph Mengele and if you if you detail what he did it sounds so incredibly far-fetched it, it genuinely sounds like the plot of a film and it's not it happened not that long ago and and it was state sanctioned indeed and and it's I think it was the transistor I think I could be wrong I remember from high school physics they were talking about uh, how it was invented in a lab by AT&T when they had so much money they just they just said to all their like scientists just in the research and just do what you want we don't really care here's some money 
you can fund whatever you want. Just go and dick around with some circuits and see what happens. And they ended up coming up with the transistor. So when you have freedom to kind of dick around like that, you can really come up with some great creations. But the the problem is this is the horrible, nightmarish, hellscape version of that is when you've got people with no regard for human life, as you say, state-sanctioned, state-funded, who go, I wonder what will happen if dot, it, dot, it do- dot. It also doesn't have to be with no regard because there, there is a, I definitely I think there is a scientist mindset of, can I do this? Mm. Is this possible? And it, you get then other, like like the atomic, the, the atomic power is an incredible technology. But 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 they you know there's the reason the Manhattan Project had scientists working in isolation, and engineers working in isolation, so they didn't know what they were making. Hmm. And and I I get that there is a thing of like the challenge of doing something, that then might be put to use for some kind of nefarious thing. Anyway, that that looking at November, but that speak that jumps out to me straight away as something to be mindful of going forward. Hmm. I, I think um, the other one that really really leaps out at me. Um, Obviously, that fire was because it was in America. Oh, yeah. was significant, but the uh, I just think it's always worth World War One. You know, although obviously there was a lot of you know Veterans Day and Remembrance Day kind of you know ceremonies. We talk about the passing of time. I remember one of my old history teachers telling me that when he was he was younger, he remembers all the World War One veterans, you know, doing their parades and stuff. And I remember when I was a kid, my mum telling me that they weren't gonna um, have any parades or anything for World War One veterans anymore because there basically weren't any left. And it, the passing of time kind of, I think stuff like that really throws it into a stark contrast, and especially World War One, and just how horrific it was. I remember when I think it was weird that it would be a hundred years since the beginning of the war, and you know that's five years ago now, but four years ago uh, last year, and it just strikes me as such a long period of time for very young people, younger than me mostly, to be shooting at each other. In fields in France, so it's in, just in, in ditches. Yeah, so it it does really, it does really insane and writing poetry and uh, and bombing each other. It turns out as well. <laughs> I didn't know about that. Was that a? It was a yeah, of course it was. Like uh, it, you know, life or death situation. You got a lot of men together. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, apparently it happened quite a lot, and I, there was a lot of love poetry written between men uh, to each other. You know, I imagine very very. Uh, bonds were formed in that thing and obviously even if it was less socially acceptable to be gay there's going to be a lot of people that are gay <laughs> uh, um, nonetheless I heard some stories before about some of these like French and Belgian like brothels had like just insane business because there were all these young guys that didn't want to divergence they didn't want to die without ever having had sex they just they'd be like right could die tomorrow where's the nearest whore like just I, I live life like that so, uh... <laughs> it's such a <laughs> It, it, it just it's one of those things it's the amateur psychology of it all I can't possibly imagine being in that mindset where it's like I could die tomorrow I'm gonna fuck like it's, it's just it's such a weird it's just yeah, so it, it, unrelatable it, no it, you, you are 100% correct it, it's I, I'm never gonna have to be forced to fight a war reasonably and that is so probably so unique in human history I know what you mean in there. Well, I mean, the thing is, World War One and World War Two is not originally in World War One, but World War Two had, you know, conscription. Yeah, um, well, that, that's what I mean. It, it was. I'm pretty sure World War Two had conscription as well. It definitely had. Well, uh, World War Two did. Yeah, World War One was um, 
was volunteer voluntary at, st- at the start, but I think they brought in some conscription about halfway through. Well, that, the, I was also going to say there there is also the element of social pressure, even if it's not. You know, there's the what were they, were they the white roses or, or something or white flowers or if you were a no 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 that um people gave to men to be like you're a fucking pussy why aren't you fighting for your country yeah and and I think the thing about World War One and um, especially World War Two is um is again and we talked about this last week last time but war in the past was kind of fought between professional soldiers and a battlefield somewhere at the end of the day you sat down and had tea and talked about how it went it's like a big football match but with death and um and you know when you get to the 20th century you know people are getting bombed in their homes you know beaches are getting shelled so this kind of sense of duty to kind of be out there fighting the enemy i think it's a bit you know in in the uh you know 19th century i think a war could be going on you wouldn't really know about it sitting at home except stuff might have got a bit more expensive or something because of you know financial pressure but a lot of people sitting in their houses again going to sleep at night thinking I could just get blown up in my sleep um, indeed yeah so I think that ramps up the pressure on people to to represent if you like um, any cultural milestones for November Chris yeah, there's a few things again um, Bohemian Rhapsody is a thing that I imagine is not going to win anything at the Oscars um, based on uh, Brian Singer's uh, uh taste in it doesn't matter hasn't this um, been hasn't, this is Harvey Weinstein levels of I'm sure I heard about this a decade ago yeah but there, but there's been lots of stuff like this that just you know there's a certain level of money that means you know you don't really have to worry about about some things um, but there's a few other things that release Fantastic Beasts 2 uh, comes out um, and doesn't do amazingly well for a Harry Potter thing Creed 2 came out which I missed which is sad uh, Roma was released uh, by Netflix which I think could also do very well at the Oscars. In in gaming, there there's a number of very very interesting releases, even if not all of them are good. Peak time Artifact, November, isn't it? yeah, well, ish. Uh, Artifact came out the first Valve game in years, and uh, seems to not be doing well. No one's playing um, it, are they? That's in the news recently. Uh, apparently, but I I think the 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 problem is is it's, it's a card game. There, there's going to be an incredible heavy first adoption, and then a massive drop off immediately afterwards because. It's competing in a market dominated by two major giants, and it, it first of all, so it's difficult to know what it offers more than that, mm. and 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 also it's a it's a niche niche thing anyway. Like uh, there are many people that fundamentally won't ever approach that format or that that style of game, and that's not unreasonable. If um, Valve were firing on all cylinders and releasing games all the time in their biggest franchises. Artifact wouldn't have caused that much of a splash. It would just be like, oh, look what we're doing over here. Look at this side project that we have or whatever. That's what it feels like. But the problem is because it's the first Valve game in X years, everyone loses their... You know, the news headlines weren't Valve releases card game. It was Valve releases first game in eight years or whatever. And everyone's like, yeah. oh my God, what is it? And everyone but goes and plays it. And then it's, oh, it is quite the, niche. The problem is, is that there's a lot of need... There seems to be a lot of desire to cash in. Or, or not cash in, but... People's, I think Hearthstone came out of nowhere, hmm. and like you, you, you know where it comes from. It was a passion project by a small team at Blizzard, who basically made what is the core of Hearthstone with like five people. And in its first year, it out it made more money than World of Warcraft, and which is which is crazy. It's still one of their biggest earners, and pe- people were like shocked by that. Hmm. That there's there, there's a market for it. There's a 
there's a player base for it. Um, like you know, I, I I play Hearthstone every day. It's been out for four years, and and if I you know it's on my phone. If I wanted to find a game, it will take me roughly ten seconds to find another player, which is crazy good. Uh, you know, sometimes I'm playing Overwatch, which is a very successful game, and it takes me a minute or two to find a game. I play Street Fighter Five; it takes me a couple of minutes to find a game. Hearthstone is ten seconds, uh, and that that's crazy. There is also a couple of other big uh, some some releases in November that are interesting. A Quiet Man came out. Diablo Three was ported to the Switch. Fallout seventy six came out, uh, and was a very interesting release. Uh, so was the Spyro remaster and the Pokemon Let's Go series. A really interesting selection there. It's just peaks, uh, yeah, it's peak season for um for games that sell, isn't it? Although I'd, I'd be interested to see where they go with. With Spyro next, if Activision are going to actually have a new one commissioned, you just see how that goes. It depends on the success. Um, we've seen like like the Sly Cooper uh, series got a fourth entry after the release of the, like just the HD, yeah, the trilogy. Um, so it'd be, it'd be interesting. Um, Diablo is obviously almost certainly ramping up to Diablo Four. They've they've ported Diablo Three to every single console in the world at the moment, and apparently it's coming to phones now too, uh, as Diablo Immortal. Fallout 76 is obviously. I, I feel like. I feel it's a bit mean spirited how many people are like shitting on that now. Um, and I don't really have much more to add. I, I, it, to me, it kind of. We, we've talked about this probably before actually, but whenever anyone shits on a game that rampantly, it just makes me want to play it. I really want to like it. It, it kind of. It puts yeah. me on the. It makes it into an underdog, even if there's legitimate reasons and it's from a big publisher. And I just think it can't be that bad, can it? Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. It makes me, it makes me interested at least. Yeah. Um, I kind of hope that that game turns around. Um, I've been told nothing but amazing things about No Man's Sky, in in how much they've developed to that game, and that game came out, and just the level of vitriol was was astonishing for what is a pretty capable game from a small indie team. <laughs> True, yeah. And the level of vitriol was disgusting. That's a Admittedly, case. God, I was going to say that's a case study in hype. If anyone ever wants to look at the effect that hype can have on something, No Man's Sky is absolutely a case study number one. And it's the, I mean, this is the issue with Fallout 76 as well. It got hyped up, people got very excited, people spent £300 on pre-orders, and then uh, and then when it turned out to be a p- bit of a shameless cash grab, people got very angry, and it got filled with hate. Um, and speaking of filled with hate, tell me a little bit about December, Jonathan. Um, okay, December... Uh, December the 1st to the 8th France experiences its worst civil unrest since the protests of 1968 due to the Yellow Vests movement. Protests in Paris morph into riots with hundreds of people injured and thousands arrested. Over 100 cars are burned. The Arc de Triomphe is vandalised and numerous other tourist sites are closed both in the capital and elsewhere in the country. Tourist sites are closed. That, that's where you hit Johnny Frenchman in the pocket. Um, December 3rd NASA reports the arrival of the Osiris hyphen Rex probe at Bennu, the agency's first sample return mission to an asteroid. I'm going to give you a brief moment to explain how much you like that name. Uh, Osiris Rex is a dope name, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I can't even remember the... What, what, what was it? Fucking Beppe Beppo. Colombo. Beppe Colombo, fuck you. To be fair, if they put Rex after anything, you think it was cool. Um, I wish that was my name. Like, if I was fucking Christopher Rex, imagine <laughs> how... I'd be swimming in pussy. <laughs> you would wreck, indeed. 
December the oh, 7th. Oh, you feel ashamed. <laughs> the UN's International Telecommunication Union reports that by the end of 2018, more than half of the world's population are now using the internet. It's 51.2% was the figure. At the Katowice Climate Change Conference, nearly 200 nations agree rules on implementing the 2015 Paris Agreement. That's on December the 15th. December the 21st, the Dow Jones Industrial Average closes at 22,445 after its work, worst week since 2008. Um, it then goes on uh, to post its largest ever one-day point gain of 1,086 points in December the 26th. December the 22nd, a tsunami hits the Sunda Strait in Indonesia, killing at least 430 people and injuring nearly 1,500. Uh, the United States government on the same day enters a second government shutdown, arising over a dispute over funding for the border wall. The shutdown, which lasted until January the 25th, as I'm sure you'll all remember, is the longest government shutdown in US history. And on December the 24th, Burundi moves its capital from Bujumbura to Gitega. And on December the 25th, it was Christmas. Newsworthy, I'm sure. Uh, no, yeah, um, good good thing. Uh, so, <laughs> December's interesting because, again, I, th- I feel like the most historically significant is going to be the Paris Agreement for climate change. Yeah, I... Again, it, it's talking about how the the world is becoming more international, and we can all agree on how we feel about climate change. And um, you know, it, it's not so long ago that there was a lot of skepticism about climate change, and obviously there is still some now. But I think I think that's gonna even people who don't want to acknowledge the roles that human have, humans have in climate change, I think will will accept that um, will begrudgingly accept that climate change is very much real. And that's something that's changed in the last, what, 10, 15 years, I would say? Maybe, but it's only really dawned on me in the last, like, five years that there are people that don't believe it. Um, it, it was something that was taught, taught to me in school as fact. I, I mean, I, I would find it... I, I imagine anyway in the world that it's it's... Most people believe it. It's more of a question of people doing anything about it. And because at the moment it's not a pressing concern. It doesn't affect me on a day-to-day basis. When it does, it's too late. So it's really difficult to to implement any kind of long term change, especially when uh, it says nearly two hundred nations agree to rules. There's a number there that I'm pretty sure are not included, which are America, China, North Korea, but that's irrelevant because they have zero industry. <laughs> and, and it is, I mean, it sounds weird to say it about climate change, but it's it's a weirdly kind of like first world problem as well, because a obviously a lot of the the richer and more industrialized countries cause a lot of the pollution causing climate change but it's not the kind of thing you worry about if you don't have anything to eat you know so I think it's significant that 200 nations agree rules you know a lot of the nations that okay maybe they don't have as much at stake but a lot of poorer nations a lot of a lot of nations who you think wouldn't be too concerned with climate change um, if you understand what I'm saying have agreed yeah. to this so it, it's good to have a as you say mostly to have a consensus on this um, again, the b- biggest issues going forward at the moment to me are global issues that require global solutions, like uh, tax avoidance by large corporations and climate change. So, in in what feel like very divisive times, it's nice to see, e- even if it's it's not a legally binding agreement, like they don't have to do it, and, and that is a major criticism of it. It is still nice to see that kind of level of cooperation. Hmm. Two hundred nations. Again, this is unprecedented in history. You would never have managed this a hundred years ago. We were literally talking about a world war. Well, I mean, like I said, I mean, if you're 
looking for food or you're at war or whatever you're not really very interested in is very much the kind of thing that comes about with with technology with research with you know because you talk about the Manhattan Project earlier you know what were the US's top scientists working on in 1944 uh, weapons that can cripple nations and that's not as much of a priority these days in terms of science maybe although but you know what I'm saying and now we're looking at studying really important I'm not saying I'm not saying the the climate change scientists of today would have been on the Manhattan Project if they were around uh, in the 40s but hopefully you understand what I'm saying the big yeah, no, no the, the, they put the you know there's a reason they put like some of the world's best scientists on it like it was a present concern at the time which now seems insane obviously but it is um, it's it's understandable weirdly and, and now there's obviously a lot of uh, we don't have the same issues so scientists are clearly a bit more diversified but maybe this is just my understanding of uh, science and history is, 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 is poor my understanding of most things is poor at best <laughs> but that's because and, and that's another one that's really a, a dichotomy there between, between rich and poor is 51.2% of the world's population are now using the internet which is obviously a big figure but can you imagine not using the internet ever? Uh, no, I am. I am essentially at this point a cyborg. I, <laughs> I, I feel naked and empty without my phone. I, I check it constantly. I, I. Well, you work on it, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I sit at a computer all day with my phone in front of me, which I use as well. Uh, you know, I. The idea of not using the internet is is crazy. The, the idea that me and you. Could not be in direct communication easily is insane to me. 40, Even the fact that we're, we're in different areas of the country. Forty-eight point eight percent of the world's population don't have access to the internet. I, I wonder where that is. Um, I, I mean, I know there's some ob- obvious examples, but that that feels, um, yeah, maybe the maybe the use of the internet is the is the the biggest thing. Maybe that's going to be the most historically significant thing. But it, it, it just brings it home. You know, we're talking about difference between rich countries and poor countries, difference between, you know, it just really makes you realise the the position you have in the world, the, the place where you live, the things that you see every day. It's, it's not, it's easy to forget that you live, you know, we do live in a global society, but people's lives are very, very different. You know, not having the internet, okay, fine, how much does that affect your life? How much is that, how much enjoyment or happiness will you necessarily be missing out on because of that? Not necessarily any, but... I mean, it's all relative anyway. I don't think I don't think I missed the internet before I had it. Yeah. But now it feels indispensable. I imagine if I spent a year without touching the internet, it would it would feel antiquated. Like you, you know, I would be like, oh, I can't believe I used to spend so much time doing I don't know what. Reading. Reading, watching YouTube videos are things I'm pretty sure I don't care too much about. Um, speaking of, in in December there was a number of big uh, cultural releases. Film wise, we got again big franchisey tentpole things. And and nostalgia. Uh, Spider Verse, which was awesome. Mary Poppins, uh, Aquaman, Bumblebee, uh, Black Mirror Bandersnatch came out, which is probably the most interesting thing. Even if again, it's not something I particularly care about. We're talking about Telltale, weren't we? Um, it's that kind of storytelling. Exactly. I, I was actually going to bring that up as like is a weird extension of that. Um, the most interesting thing uh, to me is probably Mortal Engines. Which absolutely bombed. Which again is another reason why why we get you know re-releases of you know or remakes of it's not really remakes but reboots of Batman every so often because 
new things don't tend to do that well. People go to the cinema to see the latest Marvel thing, the latest uh, Star Wars thing, the latest uh, Fast and the Furious, the latest DC. They don't want to see new things. And Mortal Engines did not do well. But one old classic thing that people did like in December, and it was easily the gaming highlight of December by quite a margin, is Smash Bros. It's getting me. You know, I was playing Smash Bros. this afternoon. It, it's getting me. Um, never been a Smash Bros. person. I always liked PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale, which is hilarious. It's I was playing Smash Bros. today, and Donkey Kong's got his you know, downward smash type move. And I, mate, this move is great. It really reminds me of a Big Daddy's move in PlayStation All-Stars. And you just have that moment where you're like, uh, I think I've... I think I've got this the wrong way around. Um, but yeah, uh... Smash Bros. Smash Bros. is is funny because it, it it's it's so inoffensive. It's so hard to dislike it. And, and it is you know it's not until me and you spoke about it actually that I I realised that I, I don't not playing it a lot. You know the only real mechanic that you need to get a handle on is not falling off the edge of the stage. And um and then from there it's kind of like Mario Kart in the sense that if you pick up weapons, you've got just as much a chance of winning as anyone else. Yeah, it has a lot of ways of of, of coming back from nothing. Um, it's it's really entertaining and and easily the most significant thing to happen in December um, for what, gaming. Was Into the Spider Verse a Sony jolly? Uh, it was. It was uh, a Sony uh, uh, animation. Yeah, it, it's just interesting to see. We talked about the reception of Office Venom, and it's just it seems like if they've got a different avenue for mobilizing their Spider Man resources, they might be able uh, to again, make success of it. But. I hope so. Spider Verse, I, I really liked, and it will be interesting to see what they bring out of that. But again, it get, but again, it's it's they're trying to milk Spider Man still because they are currently kind of failing to start their next big thing. Uh, I mean, if I if I look up Sony Pictures while I talk to you, which is incredibly rude. Oh, I, oh my God! Like the, 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 the Zombie Land Two, Charlie's Angels reboot, Jumanji. Uh, Men in Black, uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like it, it is. It, they're clearly. I guess Jumanji's doing well. I'm, Masters of the Universe reboot. Oh, uh, a, a new relaunch of The Grudge. Sinister Six is still on their thing. A remake of Popeye. Um, <laughs> Bad Boys Four. A relaunch of The Crow. It. Was I there mean, a Bad I, Boys I, Three? Uh, so they're doing three and four. Well, it's when uh, you get Will Smith signed up, you need to kind of. Know. I don't think he's uh, as as I uh, bankable as he once was. So that was twenty eighteen, though. Weird year. I mean, that's a strange thing to say. Weird year. Um, yeah. There were many sporting events, human tragedies, nat- natural disasters, uh, births, yes, a year deaths, like any other. Call of Duty came out, but I see what you're saying. Be interesting to see, like I said, what's significant. Uh, for me, what screams out is the massive leaps forward in technology we're making at the moment. That films that feels like that feels to me like the defining characteristic of the of last year and probably this year going forward. Um, it's a very very fascinating, if slightly concerning, time to be alive. It's a juxtaposition between the old and the new, isn't it? It's very old problems, very old human behaviors, very. Some things will just happen over and over again, but I think, um, you know, like protests, war, violence, murders, crime. I'm sure, war. I'm sure when we sit down this time next year to do this again, well, there'll be some horrible life-changing event that would have happened between now and then. 
Uh, no, because we will be meeting up again to do another episode much sooner than we have this one, which was a six-month gap between our career episode and our 2018 recap. Um, but I'm going to end it there, because this has been a, an excellent episode, but again, it's nearly two hours, which means our 2018 recap is pushing four hours long. <laughs> I loved ev- absolutely every minute of it. Thanks, um, you've been You've been listening to the History Boys. I've been Chris with my special guest, John. Um, we will be back soon and be doing more of this because this is a joy to do and a joy to put out in the world. Thank you very much for listening. The world needs more boys. Said Brian Singer. <laughs>